and welcome to the Zolly Mamza podcast with Magali and Hansini, where we have thought-provoking conversations about journeys, life and much more. Catch our latest episodes every Monday. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. Hello, hi everyone. So today we have a really special guest. We have Tashina from Virago Coaching. So we've known Tashina for a little while because we've previously done a collaboration with her and we talked a little bit about relationships and she kind of guided us through identifying toxic relationships and just generally how to handle them on the Zilli Mamzel page. So today we thought we would kind of have a conversation with her about her career and about her journey. So if you'd like to give us a bit of intro um, about you. Yes, sure. Thank you very much, Mancini. Um, it's actually really a nice, it's a nice, I would say, um, setup to be talking to you like this because um, we are going to talk about um, something very interesting, uh, mm-hmm. very dear to yeah. my heart today. Um, but at the same time, I think although we are having to go through such difficult moment with the pandemic, we're still being able to have some valuable conversation. So um, I am the founder of Virago Coaching, which is a coaching and counseling company. Uh, the company has officially been launched last year in June, and I offer coaching and counseling services to professional, uh, to women specifically, uh, and also young ladies of 18 to 25 years old. A little, bit, a little bit about myself is that I am from Mauritius, a very hot summery island, um, and uh, I was born here, I've always been here, um, and I went to England for my studies in human resources and continued my studies um, and have an MBA, but um, I would say my focus in my career has always been learning and development. So it, everything started with my passion for learning, for growth and development and helping people around me um, just, you know, uh, trying to overcome challenges. But obviously that took a more professional um, turn in my career. So mm-hmm. today I am a certificate, certified coach and a cognitive behavioral therapy practitioner. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. So you. how did you sort of get into coaching, counseling? How, tell us about sort of, yeah, how you... So actually I started as a as a, as an HR operations I would say person you know getting Mm -hmm. into the nitty-gritty of human resources of the legal aspects and so on and so forth and I was like I was a consultant but part of my job was to do training training and development for major companies in Mauritius Um, and this is what I absolutely loved you know delivering training and meeting a lot of people and just listening to people how they're struggling with their day-to-day life and be able to just relate to them and I was working with one of the pioneers of human resources in Mauritius, who was also a corporate advisor and a coach, an executive coach. So he was coaching like top level CEOs in Mauritius, obviously being under his wings. He said, OK, you are the next coachy." So <laughs> he coached me for like very intensely for the first year. And I moved from a, just a normal research assistant who just graduated from uni to a junior HR consultant. And that is where I realized that I didn't know I needed coaching because I thought, you know, I've got a degree and I'm Mm -hmm. okay to work, you know, I'm more prepared for the professional world. But it's only until and unless that I went through that transformative period and transformative moment that I realized what exactly I I love doing, you know, Mm -hmm. as a career. And I decided to pursue my studies in executive coaching and counseling. 
And this is where I, I, I really kind of understood the impact of coaching and counseling in somebody's life um, and why we, we should all have it as a one life experience, one time experience in our life, because it, it does really bring another side of you that you don't know exists. So that's how it all started. You know, I, I did my, my certification and then eventually I decided to pursue my passion and uh, start my own company in coaching and counseling. And how did you find, um, so I, I know you mentioned previously that you started your business while you were a mom. So how yeah. did you find juggling that balance? Because I think when we work a nine to five, sometimes it can be hard, but I think it's even harder when you're running your own business because it's a lot of it is on you, you know, your income, yes. everything is on you. So how do you balance that really? And how, how did you balance it at the start? So I yeah. think my my journey has been very different from most, well, I can't say that. All our journeys are different, but it hasn't been a typical transition from a nine to five job to an like a business. What has happened with me is that I, being a workaholic and just working very hard throughout my life, I went through a severe burnout. Mm. Um, I just like, I just hit rock bottom where I just couldn't wake up in the morning and I was very confused and I just couldn't make sense of what was happening in my life. And I realized that I had to stop. And when I stopped, I took a professional break of nearly four months just to try to understand where I was. And I realized that it was the corporate world that was sucking my blood out. And it was just, I just Just, couldn't give it to the corporate world anymore because that thing of going to work from nine to five and not being able to look after my two years old. It, I was just very, very much torn between family and, 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 and professional life. And as a working mom, as a working woman, I wanted to make a career out of my profession. And I also wanted to have a successful career, but I couldn't forget that I have a family. So that literally got me so confused and so worried and anxious that I had my burnout. So when I sit at home, I, I really thought this through. What is it that I really want to do? And then I said, okay, I have talent, I have potential, and I am certified. Hang on a minute. I have everything that I that yeah. I can possibly need to just carry on, right? So mm-hmm. why don't I try to do something? But it, obviously, I started doubting, and my husband was like, no, you shouldn't doubt. I mean, try to do something by yourself. At least give it a go and stop overthinking. That's it. And I said, okay, let me just, okay, let me just buckle up and, 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 and do that. So I registered my company and I started working on the products and services and the values and everything all while being at home. So I was not working in a nine to five job, but I had to deal with the professional guilt. So, you know, typically um, when you've done like a degree or your master's, you're expected to go work, right? You're expected to have a job. Yeah, yeah. And, yes. and exactly. So being at home now, trying to do that by yourself sounds like crazy. Like, why would you do that? You know, you've got like your yeah. qualifications, go out there and get a job, like have your medical insurance covered. Especially for Mauritius as well. Exactly. The expectation it's, is even more there. It's such a cliche. It's such yeah. a cliche, especially for ladies. Oh, you've got your master. So where are you working? What's that company you're working for? That's it, and, yeah. And what I, I just, for me, it was, it, was, it was a struggle to manage as a mom and as a person who's working nine to five. And obviously you have to sacrifice a lot when you're doing this. So I said, okay, no, I'm not going to listen to anyone. I'm just going to launch my own business. And I did that. 
and it's very hard. It's 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 hard because you are by yourself. You have to make decisions. You have to you have to know what kind of decisions you're making. You have to surround yourself by people who believe in you, but also who can give you, um, who can tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. So if you're doing it wrong, you would need somebody to tell you, hey, hey, you're doing it wrong. So somebody who pulls a red flag. Um, and uh, and that point, I was like, okay, this is it. I've launched. It's here now, so I can't go back. Um, but obviously, being an entrepreneur, it's it's hard. You know, you don't, you don't have a fixed income. So I was working at the same time, but I had a more flexible job. Hmm. So how has it been to juggle? It has been very hard. And I think it's one of the realities that we all need to, to know that being really an entrepreneur nice. is hard. It's not, it's not a line that goes exponentially up. It goes up mm-hmm. and down, up and down the whole time. Because you have to, you go through moments of severe doubts and just constantly telling yourself you've made a mistake. But that's part of an entrepreneurial life because you don't have that security and that kind of um, and, 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 and framework that you have in a corporate world. Mm-hmm. Where everything is getting sorted out for you. You just need to fill in the box and yeah. fill in the blanks and, and tick the boxes and that's it. Do your job. In an entrepreneurial life, you make your own decisions. You make your own marketing. You make your, you're your own accountant. You have to, you're, you are your own strategist. So you need to think, you have to wear so many different hats. All of that together, being a working mom, <laughs> you also have to look after your family. But that's not a complaint. That's reality. And the more you hit yourself against reality, the more you will accept it. Because mm-hmm. then you will say, okay, that's, that's what I've chosen. And you shouldn't take it as like um, a punishment, but rather as something like an opportunity to really see how much you can do as an entrepreneur. It's scary, but it's worth it. Out of curiosity, where did the name Virago come from? Uh, that's a very good question. So Virago actually um, literally means, if you're going to Google it, it says um, it's a brave woman who demonstrate heroic kind of qualities. However, Virago used to be seen as um, a negative connotation for women back in the days of Jeanne d'Arc and and all of that because they were depicted as women who are too daring, too brave for women. And I've grown up between two generations. That is my parents coming from a generation of 40s and 50s where women have to be the ladies at home looking after yeah yeah you're looking after the family and that's all that you need to do and also with a generation of 70s and 80s I'm 80s my sister and my brother 70s so there has been this major transition from how women should be to how women are depicted today Mm -hmm. so back in the days when you would call a woman virago, it means that that's a bad woman. She's too brave. She's too loud mouth or she speaks her mind out too much. But today this is normal for being a woman. You are allowed to speak your mind up. You, you are allowed. You have to be brave. It's one of the qualities that we tell our ladies to carry on their shoulders with pride, braveness, resilience. So virago coaching um, is actually my mission is to 
um, really nurture resilience, and that's my slogan, nurture resilience in women. And when I say women, I, I, I say in, in any, from, any, from all ages, especially from those girls from 18 to 25 years old who are now becoming adults and now understanding what's their role in society. You know, mm-hmm. what kind of uh, role they should be having in society and what, who do they want to be? Genuinely, who do they want to be? And yeah. not be somebody that society wants you to be. So that's the story behind Virago. And I decided to even tattoo, tattoo it here, as you can see. Oh, yeah. Like- I, I, actually believe, I actually believe in that, that um, we, we have been victimized in the past, but that's the past. We shouldn't look at that too much. Mm-hmm. Now we are building ourselves from this generation onwards. And we are all Viragos. All mm-hmm. women are Viragos. Yeah. That's really nice. That's a really good. Yeah, um, it's, it's a nice. There's a good message behind it. Exactly. It's a strong message. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think when you have something to sort of yeah. a mission, like you said, I think it just pushes you even more. And yes. I'm all for it. And I, and I think also it's Virago is also about when you say you are a strong woman, you also have to respect that other women are also strong. They're mm-hmm. not necessarily enemies but they are in the same situation as you. It's just that it looks different. So all women, we're all strong, we're all brave, and we have to help each other out. Yeah, that's true. Because I think even like in the corporate world, like women at the top, sometimes they can they, they see each other as competition. Definitely. But it, but it shouldn't be that way. I think, like yes. you said, we should all help each other to just be the better versions of, of themselves like whether corporate life or private life yeah it should just be like that and remove that competitive side but that's literally sort of what you see sometimes absolutely I have been a victim of that myself and that was one of the reasons why I was burnt out because I had female bosses who wouldn't Mm -hmm. understand that I'm also a mother who wouldn't understand that I have family um and they were challenging and me being mm-hmm. a working woman I have to and also career oriented I had to give you know I had to constantly give give but the people taking were women and they they refused to understand that we are all women here we have to help each other out and um, I can assure you that today we still have this problem in Mauritius that Corporate in the corporate world, women do not help uh, support other women enough, mm-hmm. and it's very yeah. sad. And let's forget the corporate world; even society of Mauritius is like That's that. That's it. There's mm-hmm. still, there's still this. Sorry for the language, but this bitchiness and this, um, this, this I would say kind of uh, competition between women. But why? You know, why do we do we need to have that? It's a mindset. It's a wrong mindset. That's it. Yeah, I was going to um, say. The, it's the mindset, mindset is still there yeah the old still mindset there. is still there absolutely um which actually comes on to my next question which was what has been the biggest struggle about coaching in Mauritius the biggest struggle is that already Mauritius we are a couple of years backwards in the sense that not backwards in the wrong sense but backwards in the sense now we are embracing modernity fully and we are understanding globalization fully and um, we are trying new ways to enhance 
people performance, uh, well-being and wellness. So we have started to do coaching. And coaching uh, came into Mauritius through globalization. So obviously big corporates who are exposed to global practices would try to um, instill coaching cultures in in companies. And that gave rise to this awareness that, okay, there is a need for coaching, not because it's the new trend, but because when people is, when somebody is going through a coaching uh, experience, they genuinely feel, they genuinely see a transformation because there is somebody who is there, who is giving you undivided attention, who is a professional and knows how to help you, right? Mm -hmm. So the biggest struggle, however, in Mauritius is that we are very small, right? We are such a small island. Um, and we are exposed to a global market, right? So whoever is a certified coach in Mauritius does not have enough time to even make a space for themselves that you've already seen these global coaches and world-renowned coaches who's got a whole organization as the backbone, who's got their tentacles everywhere doing their marketing and doing this with programs and this, this and that. So the consumer ultimately is confused. They don't know mm-hmm. who to choose. And being being uh, living on a, on a small island, you would rather trust the big, you know, the big shots. Okay, if I need to pay for coaching, I might as well invest in something that is big. Yeah. Why yeah. should I invest in something that is small? So, as individual coaches in Mauritius, although we have experienced the the um, qualification and everything that can literally put us at par with any other coaches globally, we are still looked down upon because we are compared um, and contrasted to the other global, other international coaches and say that they are the best, they are best and they're better than us. How do you even know when you haven't even started, right? When you haven't even started an experience and when we don't fully understand what coaching is all about. So it's very unfortunate as well that these big conglomerates or big organizations have actually sold coaching programs like Patty's. It's something that is so easy to get. And the small market of Mauritius has been oversaturated with the uh, with marketing. So mm-hmm. it's just the next thing you see on your Instagram or on your Facebook post that you need coaching. And that gets too much, right? It gets too much. So you start to banalize the real value of what the actual experience can bring in your life. So that has been the biggest struggle um, to really launch as, as a female coach local female coach it hasn't been difficult to launch myself with with couple of ladies and with youngsters with young ladies but on a corporate level on a national level and a regional level it becomes hard definitely becomes hard because you're competing against the big boys yeah and so when you offer coaching and you're saying they're sort of showing up coaching as like this this next thing to have mm, yeah yes. what's what's the issue with that because it's like people like you said people don't really know why why they would get into coaching like why they need one and the value that it can have in their life yes I think like I always say I, I didn't know myself I needed it like mm-hmm. it came to my life like for free and I, I, I was really happy that I got the experience. So nobody, we don't really know what we need in life in any way, right? We, we don't even know sometimes that we need to go and have a blood test. But we do it because it's essential for our health. We need to know what's happening. So similarly, 
this this is the same thing with coaching it's just another in another tool another experience another opportunity that helps you to become better at what you're doing and yeah. this is this typical i would say uh mindset or uh yeah mindset about oh coaching is for people who are not good coaching is hmm. for people who are struggling who are yeah. unclear who you know or, or, or weak. yeah or we got incompetent so this is this is wrong because no look at the biggest um uh i would say sports person sportsman Mm-hmm. Uh, football team they all have coaches they all have coaches yeah yeah they all have coaches why is it because that they're not good I don't think so because they're gold medalist it's because you need somebody who is there at some point in your life to just tell you hey you can you got this and and sometimes you don't want to listen to your family because you'd feel your family is biased mm-hmm. but a coach is also there to tell you things the way they are like they don't sugarcoat things they have they tell you the, the truth and these truths, they are scary, but you need to hear them to know what move you should make. It's just like your doctor. So if your doctor mm-hmm. says you've got a serious health issue, you would, you would want him to tell you the truth than to lie to you, isn't it? Yeah. So people, we, we don't know if we need coaching, but one thing for sure is coaching can never do wrong unless the coach is not, doesn't know what, what they're doing, but it can only help you to, to think more through things and just gain more clarity. And that's it. And you shouldn't look at it as something, oh, if I go for coaching, what's people going to say? I'm not good enough. Like, this is just the, a, a wrong the mindset. mindset. Yeah, the, the mindset that yeah, you need to get mindset. out of. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree because we're part of the generation that's like Mauritian. And I've got Mauritian parents and I've never heard anyone in my family who's got a coach or who's who's even kind of delved into that kind of program. And when I, you know, when I say, oh, you know, I'm about, I'm thinking of this, or I'm doing this. It's kind of like, what? Like, what, what are you doing? What, like, what do you need it for? Yeah, yeah, like, everything's yeah. set out for you. You're so it, intelligent, yeah. so clever already. Why do you need for? What, but the yeah. funny thing is, that we've always had coaches in our lives, but they've taken different shapes. They've forms, taken different yeah. forms. Like a teacher is a coach mm-hmm. or yeah. a spiritual a person, a spirit like a pundit or whatever it is. Uh, uh, they, they are all somehow a coach. They, 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 they motivate you. They encourage you. They tell you the truth. They try to show you the reality of life. And that's what, that's what, they, that's what they've been there for. And yeah. they've all acted as coaches. You know, yeah. a priest during the, the mass is like a coach. Yes, he's a spiritual re- uh, leader, but at the, at the same time, he's acting as a coach. So I'm not comparing a coach mm. with a priest, of course. But what I'm trying to say is, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's something that we've always been exposed to. And uh, we've always we've all experienced, but we just didn't know it was similar. Yeah, that's it. So... In in that way, it's it's kind of crazy how people think about coaching that way because, like we've said, there are forms of it, and we've all experienced it one way or another. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Coaches are not priests. I mean, they're not spiritual leaders, but they are here. They are professional guide, guides yeah. that can help you in specific aspects of your life, such mm-hmm. as career, skills development, well being, and so on and so forth. So we. As coaches, we have our place that we need to work on, you know, and, and that's what we came from. Mm. Yeah. We briefly touched upon this earlier when we spoke about social media. And yeah. um, I think you kind of, we, we kind of said that, you know, it's 
so coaching is a lot in people's faces but I think social media nowadays has a big impact on our generation yes. or anyone who yes. uses it really so yes. I think with your clients what do you kind of see in terms of how social media affects them and as in is there a way to navigate around it because I think a lot of times people just assume oh you can just go off social media I, I would I would say social media has played is playing a huge role in the coaching industry okay the number one role it's playing is that it's trying to tell people that you need to buy coaching now. You need coaching now and you need to buy it now. That's the number <laughs> one thing it's doing. The second thing it's doing is that it's it's selling, it's overselling coaching. It's it's it has it has banalized the value of coaching. So literally, you just go online. You want to become a coach, you do an online coach, uh, online course in executive coaching for $20 and you're a coach. Whereas I spent thousands of dollars, hours of coaching to become a coach. Mm -hmm. So social media has literally banalized the real value of coaching. That's one side. The other side is it has also made coaching accessible. So yeah. when you used to be this person who just didn't know, like, I'm just, I'm just stuck and I need to feel unstuck. I need to just move from point A to point B and I don't know how to do that. And you, you, you're expo- then suddenly you see, okay, oh, maybe I need a coach through social media. Maybe that's the answer. So you start learning about it. You start reading about it and you say, okay, I want to find a coach. And then you start looking for the different coaches and you trial and error, you manage to get the right coach for you. So just like every positive thing has got a negative thing, similarly yeah. for coaching is the same thing. So it's it's like that. Um, is if you know that you want to go towards a coach, social media is there to just show you the thousands of coaches coaches that you can have. At the end of the day, what I always do is I don't like using social media to do my marketing too much because mm-hmm. I just feel that people would never know. Um, yeah, they can, they, they, obviously it's a way for me to attract my clients. What I've seen works for me is my impact, my individual impact. So let's yeah. say I'm working with this one person and they know me, they've worked with me, that person is going to refer me and that it works like that. And I prefer it to be that way, to be honest with you, because then I know the person knows what value they're getting rather than just spending dollars and dollars and just sponsoring my posts and this and that, like I feel you just get, you're just then a drop in the ocean because you're just then lost amongst so much that pool. I mean, the person who needs to buy will be like, where do I even start? I mean, Mm -hmm. I tried to put myself in the consumer's shoes and it's, it's, it's horrible, but this is how it is. Everything is like that. Everything is being sold. Yeah. Everything is being sold on the internet, on social media. So Use it to to get more information. But when you have to make a choice of whether you should go to this coach or, or to another coach, then it's it's relational. It's definitely relational. It has to click. Mm. There needs to be a connection. If there is no click, there is no connection. You would never stay with that coach. You would mm-hmm. never start something with them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think... Can I answer um, your question? Yeah, no, no. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see what your opinion really is on social media in terms of coaching. Because um, to be really honest, until I met you, I did not know anything about coaching. Like, 
at all I I knew I knew (laughs) I knew about a therapist but like you said I thought I just thought that they were the same to be really honest like I had no idea yeah yeah I had I had to kind of had the I think I remember I called you to ask you to do a collab with us but I still had no idea what you actually do what you know what the impact Mm -hmm. is and we had to have that conversation and I still feel like now I'm still learning by this conversation that we're having about coaching and I think it just shows the depth you know and how little people know about it really yeah there is a there is a strong demarcation line between coaching and counseling Counseling mm-hmm. is very, very, I would say, um, supportive and advice. Like you, you, the person who feels really lost and needs uh, a psychological support and needs to go through psychological activities and um, and and they need advice, they need guidance, they need really hand holding. That's more counseling. It has got a very supportive side. It has got a very, I would say, inclusive side. And um, you give the person more more time to uh, feel better. Coaching is very direct. Coach with how you use coaching is you know where you want to get. Although you don't, if you don't know, then the coach will help you to just see what are the different options and you choose the option. Mm-hmm. In coaching, it's your call. So you decide where you want to go. You decide what steps you want to take. You decide what decisions you want to take. Then you say, what's the role of the coach then? The role of the coach is to show you what are the opportunities, what are the chances, what are the options. Mm -hmm. And it's there to just keep motivating you, pushing you, encouraging you, and giving you the right tools to make that possible. Okay? But at the end of the day, it's your journey. The coach is there as somebody who is supporting you, who is actually giving you the, the, the tools that you need, and who's just mentally there to make you stronger, right? So if you're moving from one career to another and you feel lost, you don't know what to do, the coach is going gonna, is gonna to be there to dig deep and ask you the questions of why are you doing it? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. How can you do? What are the possibilities? And then you will find that you have the answers already. You always you just, have the answers. Yeah. You just need yeah, somebody just to need, pull it out of you. That's it. Yeah. Because exactly. I think yeah. a lot, of, well, I think myself included, one thing I've struggled with was is like, it's a simple thing. It's like, what are my values? And unless you sort of take time, take a step back and sort of exactly. evaluate, what are my actual values? Like, what do I live by? And it's exactly. it's a simple question, but it's, it's so very hard. hard to answer come yes <laughs> it's, it's so very hard. hard to answer oh my goodness like Absolutely. yeah so even in one that, of the things that we do in coaching we we this the first thing we do we look at your values and until you don't know what those values are well you don't need to to, to literally pin three down you can have five six but you need to yeah, know yeah. you need to have that awareness and that's the first thing we do in coaching so you kind of spoke about a lot of your clients tend to be through relate like you know people know each other that's how you kind of you'll get new clients but how do you differentiate between being a coach and being a friend because I can imagine um you know you might be in a group like in a circle and you know someone's talking about the issue but like how do you differentiate between giving a friendly advice and the coach side of you telling them you know or coach or counselor side of you giving your opinion I think as a coach you 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 wear a professional cap um you you don't give advice whether as a coach or a counselor you don't give advice you 
you try to help the person to find their own answers, but you just give them the ropes, you just show them the way, you just try to show them options by asking them questions, but you don't mm -hmm. give advice. Um, and that's that's uh, uh, that's actually an ethical coaching practice. You don't give advice, but you you try to sh show the person, like you ask, okay, what could you do then? If you do this, what would happen? And then they'll be like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, but then I shouldn't do this. Actually, so they're doing their own thinking. Um, being a friend is normally where you would give advice. You would say, oh, well, why don't yeah, you do yeah. this? Why don't you do that? I've done this. So I'm a very authentic friend. Like if I speak to my friends or my sister or my parents, and we would be always be suggesting advices and we'll be like, okay, we're going to be have a conversation, an open mm -hmm. conversation where we're all sharing vulnerably, where we're all just being, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just very normal. But when you are in a coaching contract, when you're in a counseling experience, it's different. Just like you're going to a doctor, you're going to a psychologist, you're going to a psychiatrist. It's very professional. The setting is very professional. Um, I my advice can't be relevant to you, to my client because they are living their own life experiences. What mm -hmm. could mean something essential to me can mean nothing to my client because they are in their own setting. You know, they are in their own experience. So I can't just tell them to do this or to do that. On the other hand, I'm actually not, I'm not, I'm not helping them. I'm actually exposing them to more harm. So. The way I differentiate myself as a coach and as a, as a friend is, as a coach, uh, my job is 100% professional and um, it's really putting the client first and listening to the client uh, very carefully to know what they're going through and yeah. to help them see it and at the same time suggest tools that they can use so that they can better their own situation by themselves, right? I have the tools, I have the knowledge, I have the experience. Um, of helping those people without giving them advice as such. But as a friend, I'll always give advice. <laughs> as a friend, like, you know, I'm just a, a normal person. But yeah, I would say there are some times where you would want to coach a friend, but no, you, you, I refrain from doing that because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. a friend needs a, a friend, not a coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. I can imagine that being quite conflicting at times yeah. or have yeah, you managed I mean, to sort of... Not really. I mean... No. When I say, I mean, if it's part of you, if it's who you are, you can't really become somebody else. I mean, it's always yeah, going to yeah. be that part of you. You know, it's like you tell you're asking a singer not to sing when they're walking down the street. It's mm -hmm. not. It's not something easy for them to do. So no, I don't impose any coaching practices on my friends, but they would always it's tend to come to me because yeah, I'm a coach. It's, yeah. <laughs> And they say, oh, well, you know, you're a coach, so you should know. I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to know this, but it's part of me. But yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. that makes sense. Yeah. And I think we touch upon social media. And I think yes. for our intro call, we had a sort of discussion about the hustle culture in on social yes. media. Yes. Uh, so tell us how that sort of played a part, because I remember you mentioned that that was part of your burnout in the past yeah yeah um the hustle culture is very present on social media hashtag hustle hard so uh, i think it's something that is 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 not really helping people because mm -hmm. yes you have to hustle in life but you also have to pause that's very important hustling is all about ambition Okay, mm -hmm. it's all about I need to get to my end. 
I need okay. to succeed this. I need to get my goal. I need to... But we, in the, in the meantime, we forget the process. We are so focused on the hustling. We are so focused on the goal. We're so focused on the ambition. Yeah. And we, we, we're not even caring for the whole process. The whole process is intention. What's mm -hmm. my current intention? How do I feel right now? Hustling is, it's, it's, it's important in life. We need to hustle. We need to be resilient. But to what mm -hmm. extent and to what expense, right? Mm -hmm. If you're constantly hustling, what's going to be left of you? Yeah, right? nothing. What's going to be left of you? I, 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 one day I actually told this little story to my client about the goose and the egg. I'm not going to tell mm -hmm. it now because it's a very long story, but you can find it on, on, on YouTube. It's simply that, you know, we are this goose that's always laying golden eggs, right? Mm -hmm. We are always laying golden eggs. And our, our golden eggs are our career, our work-life balance, our financial stability, our social status. These, this is what makes us feel competent and content and enough. So if we're not looking after ourselves, our, 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 our mental well-being, our physical mental, uh, physical well-being, our emotional well-being, how can we be producing our wealth? Mm -hmm. You know, health is wealth. I always say that. So hustle, yes, but it's health first. Pose when you need to pose. Yeah. And really take time off social media. Take yeah. time yeah. off social media. I know this is going to go on social media and this is, Probably this is definitely going to help people, I hope. But sometimes social media tells you things that you want to see, not you need to see, right? Yeah. Um, and I would strongly recommend everyone to watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Oh, amazing. It's a great yeah. documentary. Yeah. And, it's, and it's true. Yeah, yeah. And I like the way they sort of incorporated the family with it because it actually gives a... a a present a representation of what it actually is yeah but it's amazing and exactly so it, this is the impact of social media on us mm -hmm. and it's crazy that after watching it you're still like we still have that social media still has that terror on you like, yes. you still go on it and what i've done after watching this i switched off all my notification all of them switched them off facebook social uh, instagram switched them off gmail everything it's mm -hmm. only when I have time that I'm going to check them or when I'm working that I'm checking my email or else. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Quiet. I think, yeah, I think that's what I've done as well. So sort of cut back my time. Yeah, definitely. But because... the hustle part, I would, I would say that um, be careful with that culture. Okay. Be mm -hmm. careful with the hustle culture, whether it's in the fitness industry, whether it's in the mental health industry, whether it's in, beauty industry we're all trying to hustle we're all trying to show that we are the best but you have to be careful at the expense of what yeah. most of the That's time it. most of my clients it's it's at the expense of our own health mm -hmm. i've um, been through yeah. that myself so i'm really happy you said that <laughs> i i do think when when you were mentioning this actually i just had a different idea in my head like even though we're talking about social media and how that affects our cult like you know our generation um, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot that there are other factors, like for example, for my mum, her generation, like we were talking about, they don't get coaches, they don't get therapy, they don't, there's this whole culture of like underlying neglect, like you tend to neglect That's yourself it. at the expense of others. For mm -hmm. our yes. generation, it's a lot, yes. it might be that, or it might as well be, you know, 
social media, for example, has, you know, it's at our expense. But I think we're the generation that's really trying to change that whole kind of concept of you need to put others in front of you. Absolutely. that's not the case you need to put other ideas in front of you like you shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't really be yeah. doing that that's it's yeah. not cute <laughs> yeah and and actually when you do put others like I said you you neglect sort of taking care of yourself yeah. and the thing is the more you do that the more you're giving yourself away mm. and and yeah. it's like you can't you can't give if you can't like fix your you don't have anything to give yeah yes you yeah. can't give that's it that. yeah that's the analogy and, and As in, I was trying to give my daughter love affection time out of an empty cup it was mm-hmm. very very sad at the age of two my daughter was completely disconnected from me like she wanted her daddy yeah I was there mommy was there and, and she would come to me for cuddles and everything but I just felt that the time and the energy she wanted from me I couldn't give I was too tired Mm-hmm. And I had dark circles. I was sleeping without sleeping. I was having my seven, six hours sleep without sleeping because I was constantly thinking of what's going on. There were so many things in my mind. And sometimes, you know, what I've seen is that we don't know how to stop. We don't know how That's to relax. It. Yeah. We don't know how to pause. We are in a society that wants us to just keep going keep forward. Going. And it does not tell you how to pause. Mm-mm. you know it's simple things when my clients ask me so how do I actually do that I'm like okay <laughs> first <laughs> you could go to a spa <laughs> I'm joking but I'm saying these are very small things that we don't look at anymore like I live on an on an island and for nearly a whole year I didn't go to the beach mm-hmm. because I didn't have time I mean come on how can we say we don't have time time is there it's there for you to grab yeah. You know, you have to make time. And it's simple things like that, that we completely omit. And uh, it's, it's, it's just sad. It's sad. So I think the first thing to do is to really tell yourself, stop, physically stop and say, okay, what do I do now that's going to make me feel relieved and a little bit better? Yeah. yeah. And one of the things I sort of want to come on as well when you sort of neglect because we're talking about sort of neglecting ourselves and that can actually prevent sort of physical yes. um diseases disease I don't know if that's the right term but in the in the long term because yes. yeah so that's one thing I sort of want want to I agree um yeah. for instance there's something like stress is the number one activator of illness that's number it, yeah. one cause of illness because stress affects your hormones, affects your uh, mental wellness, and all of that cascades affects the way that food works in your body. You don't eat enough, you don't eat properly, you don't sleep properly. So a human being who's supposed to eat properly, sleep properly, to feel good, to be better, to feel uh, healthy, is actually deprived from all of that. Mm-hmm. Definitely you're creating illness somewhere. And that's why today we have more coronary heart diseases. We have more uh, people with diabetes. We have people with uh, psychological uh, problems because we are so stressed. And I always say nobody is going to take care of yourself except from yourself, except from Mm -hmm. you. So if you don't tell yourself you need to slow down, nobody's going to tell you to slow down. Your job is definitely not going to tell you. (laughs) Definitely not. So you should know, and that's why it's. And you've 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 pinned that right, Magali. Because yes, if you if you neglect yourself, you will fall sick. 
very, very sick. And that's why today we have a sick society. Mauritius has a very, very high, the, high rate of diabetes. diabetes. Yeah, that, that's, that's why I wanted to sort of come on, come on to, yeah. because in my family, um, like diabetes, I think half, yeah, half of my sort of aunties and uncles have yeah, Two diabetes. people on three is diabetic in Mauritius, like two of the three is diabetic. De- definitely. I mean, either you are borderline diabetic, you're pre-diabetic or you're diabetic. Mm-hmm. We all are like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's part of the it's part of the society. And that's because we are a society. We eat our rice and our, you know, heavy food. But not only that, we are also stressed out. We're also like now getting into this, this very um, uh, challenging work patterns and work life. And that's, that's really causing a lot of harm. I think to a certain extent, like being stressed and being busy and just it's normalized and sometimes yeah. looked up to. Like yeah. someone who's really busy has got, you know, is doing so yeah. many things. It's looked up to. thing is, this was me at uni. Yeah, yeah I look back and think like it didn't help me. So who the hell was I doing it? Like, why did I put myself in that position kind of thing? And I was like that too. Because I think there's a way to, there's a way to do what you want and achieve what you want, but still look after yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's knowing that it's possible. Yeah, and I was like that too. I mean, I'm not saying that today, you know, I I don't do it. I'm I'm sometimes like that. My husband said, hey, hang on a minute, slow down. I mean, you've done so many, so much already. I still like that. So the only difference is you need to know when to pull the alarm and say, hang on a minute, I need to stop. Mm. And the, yes, you've said it right, Ancini. The society today is has normalized being busy and being stressed, just like they've normalized Black Friday. Yeah. Right? It has become something so normal to go and buy out of your reach on Black Fridays and Boxing Day that... You know, today people are doing it not normally. Similarly, when you're very busy, it looks normal to you. Oh, I'm busy. When you're talking to me, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy. Okay, fine. Well, to what extent can you be busy? Like at some point, it needs to calm down a little. So yeah, I'm glad you girls can see it too. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Because that, that is one thing we we've talked about as well. And getting your perspective um, is really good. Yeah. Thank you. I think we experienced it while we were both at university and came yeah, out. Yeah. We experienced burnout. And I think with that experience, I think we're kind of, we both made a commitment to ourselves to work on that in yes. our own individual ways. Like we both handle things differently, but it's just knowing that, you know, this is a consequence of trying to burn yourself out. Sometimes yeah. it's intentional. Sometimes it's not, but you can't just keep going without doing something about it. But also this, at the same time, it's, it's our fault because, you know, yes, we do have pressure from family. We have pressure from yeah. uni, we have pressure from friends, but we don't know how to say it, how to voice it out. Most mm-hmm. of, the, of my, like some of my clients, when they, they speak to me, they say, oh, I'm, I, I'm going through this or nobody's helping me. I find myself alone. I said, but did you speak about it? Have you voiced it out? Have you tried to share? Most of the time, the answer is no. So how do people know around you that you're not feeling well, that you are feeling stressed out when you don't say? So what we do is we fear that when we will say we're not well, we need time, we need to just stop, we're not well. We feel that people are going to misjudge us. So what we do is we don't say it. 
We just keep going. I did that as well. We just keep going thinking that, oh yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I've got this. I've got this. You know, this thing about you've got this. Mm-hmm. Well, you, we keep telling that ourselves like a, like a mantra and we don't stop. And this is where it's when you're literally at the end of the, of the rope. You really can't now. And this is why people are like, why didn't you say anything? And yeah. yeah, sometimes it would have just been you saying something. <laughs> and I've, I found that a lot of um, students from university, they take that pressure a lot on them. Oh, and they, they don't 100%. communicate it to, to parents. Or, and I understand I've been there too. Um, and that's why today when I, I'm coaching uh, five, four girls from university, they're on the second year and third year, And, you know, I've had to ask them to start practicing some relaxation and meditation and just taking slow, a bit of living because they were literally too, too overworked. Um, Mm -hmm. And you just need to, to reach out when you're feeling like that. You should reach out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's sort of, yeah, what happened. Like we, we. Yeah, we were sort of taking time out, but it was just like as an escape to whatever we were doing, but not actually intentionally taking care of ourselves. Exactly. Um, I don't think we knew how to. to that's that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we didn't. I think number one thing is understand that just like your body needs a doctor, your mind needs a mental health specialist. Whether it's a therapist or a psychologist or a, or a counselor, the mind needs that. You yeah. need to know how to calm the mind because the mind is constantly working even when you're sleeping. Your body could be sleeping, but your mind isn't. It's, so yeah. we have to stop saying that going to a psychologist, people who are only crazy go to psychologists. And Mauritius could say that. If you're going to a psychologist, that means you're crazy. Like, yeah. why? Why do you say something like that? This is so wrong. Somebody going to a psychologist is somebody who is seeking help to just feel mentally better. We all have exactly. mental strain. Demons. It's something normal, yeah. right? Yes, mental demons, mental strain. We all have that. Mm-hmm. And if we're seeking help to just feel better, calm the mind so that we can genuinely feel better, then what's the, what's the, what's the problem? What's wrong with that? There's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. We need to change that mindset. And unfortunately... It, it's so sad like so many of these young ladies I speak to and said have you tried to go to a psychologist before oh no I'm not going to go to a psychologist if I said that to my friends they think I'm not well crazy like, yeah why why do we and sometimes you would not believe me but parents would say that I'm not yeah. taking my, my my child to a psychologist a family was people are going to say that my daughter's not well people are going to say that my son is not well this is so wrong this is mm-hmm. so wrong yeah, and because you're we're speaking about mental sort of clarity, yeah. what are your thoughts on meditation? Like, have you do you practice? Yes, I've been practicing meditation since I'm very young, since I'm probably 15, 16, but I've always had a calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the calling started when I was very young, around eight, yeah, eight years old. And then as I grew up, I started understanding that. I get into a meditative state when I do my classical dance, which is Katak. And when oh. I dance, when I dance I that, I, yeah, I, I've done that for nearly hands. 15 years of my life. Yeah. And I get into this trance. It goes, mm-hmm. it becomes so strong, so powerful that the rest, 
So everybody around me just disappear and I'm in the moment. And then that helped me to very easily drift into meditation. So what I've got to say about meditation is that, again, meditation has been banalized. It not, it's not about sitting down and doing your fingers like that and go, oh, it's not just about that. Meditation is to calm the mind, mm-hmm. is to listen to your thoughts. The number one step that you actually go through when you start practicing meditation is to observe your thoughts. So what we do is when we are busy, we're not listening to our thoughts. That's it. When we are when we are looking at things, we're absorbing information. You know, our senses, they keep absorbing information. When you're meditating, you're calming your senses. You're blocking out your senses just to be able to listen to what's going on inside, to the chaos that's happening inside. And when you listen to that chaos, you're able to file them, categorize them, and say, okay, hang on a minute, let me focus on that chaos first. Let me think through that chaos. And try to see how can I can how I can figure it out. Yeah. And you do that with all the chaos in your life. And that's how you're able to gain clarity. Control. Yeah. Clarity and control. Yes. And 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 that's how meditation helps. Meditation is not gonna like, it's not a switch that when you press it, it's all of a sudden you feel happy, you no. feel relaxed. No, it's when you're sitting down with intention, with the intention of listening to your inner do self. You, yeah of listening to the voice inside and you really hear it. You mm-hmm. hear it, you make sense of it, you acknowledge it and you act on it. That's meditation. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, I like you said that because I think people think, oh, they'll just do one session or like one hour it's done. and then and then you, they're going to feel happy afterwards. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. You have to practice it consistently. Know what, what you want out of it as well yeah absolutely there are a hundred plus practices of meditation more than ways of of doing meditation right and that's it's 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 so it tells you how vague it is it already Mm -hmm. tells you how vague it is so you need to know what works with you, you, whether you're doing when you're doing Tai Chi, whether when you are dancing, whether when you're closing your eyes, you're sitting down, whether you, when you're doing breathing, there's mm-hmm. so many different ways. It's just knowing which one is, works which one you. works for you and you're able to use it to feel, to feel better and to feel more, to feel clearer. So it's not about sitting down one hour. Sometimes I meditate for 15 minutes. I feel so good. So, yeah, Sometimes yeah. I feel I need to meditate for a bit more. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just five minutes, but it's just to just like make it quiet in my mind and just, and, and, just and, and then shut, shut everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause I Absolutely. found that because I've sort of incorporated that in my like daily routine when before going to bed and sort of waking up and like you said like sometimes it's like five minutes sometimes 15 minutes um so it's not like a set thing it's just when when you feel you need it and I think since starting that like you said like I sleep much better because it's like my mind's calm and it knows that when I'm in bed like obviously you know something you still have those nights where you literally think about absolutely and you need to let that happen yeah 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 just yeah to let your mind run to like just get all out yeah that's true Um, yeah I think like Meg said um it's a process it's not something you stop and start like you know if you just do it once yeah it might benefit you in the moment but I don't think you really see the true benefits of it until Mm -hmm. until a while so yeah yes absolutely 
Okay, my next question is more, what are your future plans and vision for Virago Coaching? And what projects are you working now, really? Because I feel like when you're an entrepreneur, like you said, the um, options and the things you can work on is like the world is your oyster. Yes, 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 that's true. So what's Um, your next vision? Like, what are you working on? I think uh, I, I... My main motivation is to make an impact on as many people's lives as I can. And today, um, Virago Coaching is, you know, a startup. Um, mm-hmm. And we're still trying to, we, I mean me, I'm still trying to, you know, fit it in, in the society. But definitely, definitely going forward, I will be working a lot with young ladies of 18 to 25 years old. And um, all the programs that I have been working with my existing clients that fit in this category, I will be now creating um, like a responsive program that, you know, you can, you can any, any young lady of those ages will be able to feel that, okay, this program is really tailor-made for them. So I'm going to be working on a tailor-made pro- program for them. And um, I'm also going to be doing like events, like small group coaching sessions of uh, three hours where, you know, you you group, let's say, around 10 to 12 uh, girls. And you talk about very, uh, essen- like some essential, but also current problems that you know we're currently facing in the society or that they are currently facing in their families because believe me or not they are common problems with all these girls um, Mm -hmm. and they all will relate with each other and just kind of have this community where they feel that they're not alone so that would be my mission next year is to really work for these young girls and obviously most of them don't work so there mm-hmm. might be definitely this this um, an NGO aspect to it, mm-hmm. but we'll see where that goes. Um, it's a bit of I would say a, a daring wish, but I, I hope I am able to make it. But for me to be able to make it more sustainable, I would mm-hmm. definitely have to also work with the corporate environment. This is where I, I will need to also you know make the financial stability come in. So I will also definitely become a corporate coach, hopefully. Uh, but for the society with a bigger impact, it's going to be with a lovely girl, with the lovely girls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my that. Like you. So I keep my fingers crossed though. <laughs> yeah, no, I think because you have a vision and, you know, a strong statement that you're working towards, I think it will all come together. And oh, thank you. Yeah. So just keep going. I know we said, yeah, keep going, but at the same time, just take it slow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because I think what what you're saying about bringing those girls together, especially those that age, I think that's a really good thing to have. Because I think when you're at that age, as in, well, we were there sort of four or five years ago, you do, you do feel alone. Like at times you you do. do feel alone, but we're all going through the same things. Yes. And back in the days when we were going through this, we didn't have dangerous thoughts. Or if we did, somehow we were able to get out of it. But today, when girls have dangerous thoughts, 
these young ladies, when they have dangerous thoughts, they close themselves up and that's even more that's, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And to really give them a helping hand and say, hey, I'm not judging. I understand you. And it's, it's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I think this, this is very important to them. Mm-hmm. That's, I've, yeah. I've sensed that. I've seen that. I've experienced it. And I think this is what our society needs today. Yeah, and because we were talking about the social dilemma earlier and actually yes. in the in the documentary, yes. one things one of the things they showed was this the statistics of young girls um suicidal rates exactly. has I think I think it has doubled or even tripled yes, in the last yeah. couple of years. Yes. And that that literally just shows Yeah. Because what I've seen is that they're also living on social media. That's For them, it, yeah. reality, reality is not reality. Reality it's is what's in the f- on the yeah, media. yeah. And um, and if that's the case for them, then that's the case for them. I mean, we can't. I'm not here to judge, but that has an impact on them. But they have to be able to dissociate from that and and know that you are a human being and you need specific things. You need. Uh, mental stability you need physical stability you need sleep basic things that you need need to have you need sleep good food and they need to learn about that and I'm not saying all of them but obviously we have a group of young ladies who really really need help um yeah and 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 I, and I guess it's not just in Mauritius I guess it's the, it's worldwide it's, yeah yeah that's why yeah and no, I completely support and really admire what, what you what you plan to do and I hope you do manage well, no I you will so. manage to do it I think <laughs> I <hope laughs> let's be positive so. no yeah. you will you will do I think just have because you have the passion and aim for it it, yeah. it it will it will happen one way or another it might not happen the way you think but yeah yeah let's hope so thank you so much I think it's going to have a lot of impact on girls and had we had something like this when we were growing up, I think it would have been really, really valuable mm-hmm. for, for me personally. I think a lot of girls would really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. no, it, I think it, I, yeah, it would definitely be valuable because I think just thinking back when I was, when I was deciding what to do at university, like yeah. I remember that was literally like such a, not a hassle, but I felt so lost because at one point and lonely. I want yeah. yeah. Well not lonely because I had my family always supportive. Like mm. they 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 told me, you know, do do what you want to do. But even that was like I wanted to do law, economics, maths, like it was just so many there's a lot of options and it's like if you don't know what your values are and we our minds are very congested. Yes. Um, so yeah, definitely hands. Like I think yeah. we've definitely helped. <laughs> so I'm planning. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Just to end off, we're kind of going towards the end of our questions. It's more about you. What are yeah. some of your favorite books, quotes, or some things that you live by and really help you? Really. That's a great question. What I Thank I'll start you. with what I. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm oh yeah I'll give you the praise for that (laughs) quote that I live by is not a well-known well-known quote but it was a quote that was said by my coach who's not here anymore he was like I mentioned um, my boss at that time he was 75 years old when I was 25 years old 
So there was 50 years of gap between us and um, uh, he, was a, he was a great coach. And one thing he said to me and it stuck to my mind, he said to me, you know, attitude will always help you gain more aptitude. And with that aptitude mm. in your life, you will gain altitude. And what he was trying to say is with the right attitude about yourself, about life, about family, about everything that's meaningful in your life, you will be more open-minded. You have to be more open-minded. You have mm -hmm. to understand that if you have the right attitude, it will give you more wisdom. It will give you more um, real intellectuality, real intelligence, because you have the right attitude. And only then you will be able to reach up the ladder where you want to reach, like that is your goal or whatever it is. But it all starts with the right attitude. And that has helped me tremendously in my life because every time I try to do something new or I try to achieve something in my life or I try to plan something, I always try to say, okay, what is my intention here? What do I ultimately want to achieve? Is my intention positive? And how can I make sure that I have the right attitude towards that plan or whether it's a problem, whether it's a situation? Our attitude affects us 101%. Yeah. If we yeah, don't have yeah. the right attitude, we will never be able to make the right decisions in our life. Yeah. No. So that's you're right. definitely my my favorite quote, which is from somebody who is renowned in my world. <laughs> um, and books, I would say, listen, I don't have a favorite book, but I love reading book about um, spirituality. I love mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer's book. I think he explains spirituality in plain English, which is beautiful. I also like uh, Brené Brown's books. Uh, I think she writes beautifully well about the power of women in, um, you know, in a patriarchal society. Uh, yeah, and this this is a little bit about it, but definitely I would recommend uh, also Om Swami. So Om Swami is a monk who was a billionaire and was a millionaire in Australia, and mm -hmm. today he's a monk. But um, it, he just shows you the how attitude and uh, human beings we are. At the end of the day, we are faulty, but it's when we decide to make the best of our lives and we really decide to focus on what's happening inside that you're able to open up to your real potential. So it's, it's a beautiful book. It's a, it's a nice book. So yeah, that's a little bit about, about my quotes and books. I was going to say, thank you so much for jumping on our podcast. It's been really, really insightful and really valuable. I just kind of sat here listening to you yeah, know, what you say. No, I've loved this. It was just, so yeah, cool. it was really great. So thank you so much for taking the time out. Okay. I know you've got a really busy schedule. Yeah. yeah. No, well, that's fine. Thank you so much for yeah. having me here. I mean, it's, it's uh, for me, it's a milestone today. So thank you girls for giving me this chance Aww. of talking to you about coaching and counseling because it's what I love doing. Although mm -hmm. it's not my full-time job, the struggle is real. Startup life is a, it's a hard life, but to talk about my passion has been amazing, but to talk about it authentically with the, the, the you know the ugly the less ugly and the beautiful mm -hmm. this is what makes it really special for me so thank you so much for your great questions and for your time and bravo to you girls thank you so much no bravo to you hello 
and welcome to the Zolly Mums Up podcast with Magali and Hansini, where we have thought-provoking conversations about journeys, life and much more. Catch our latest episodes every Monday. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. Enjoy.